Aloha everyone. I'm your host, Christina Laney Mitri, and welcome to Smart Living Hawaii's podcast, where we discuss smart homes and technology, sustainability, healthy lifestyles, and smart business. Today, we'll continue our Sustainable Leaders series and have a talk story with Dr. Jody Nishida, the founder of The Keto Prescription. We will chat about the buzzword keto and explain the keto diet that everyone has been talking about, the myths, the truths, what works and why. Aloha, Dr. Jody. Hello, thanks for having me. Is Dr. Jody good for you? Is that the best? What do you like to be called? Dr. Jody. Dr. Jody. I think that's or, easy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Not too formal. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to talk story with us. Uh-huh. Um, I know it's a hot topic and I wanted to dive a little deeper, but before we begin, I usually go over a little bit about you. So let me read this quick bio really quick. Um, Dr. Jody is a doctor of pharmacy certified in both cardiovascular disease management and the ketogenic nutrition. She is a speaker, author, mom, and huge local advocate for keto. You can find her doing educational videos and posts on social media when she isn't seeing patients in her keto clinic. She works closely with both in-house physicians and or your doctor to help you heal and lose weight safely. Dr. Jody is the pharmacist who wants to help get you off your medications because she understands the dangers and risks of Western medicine. So let's begin. Mm-hmm. Um, let's start. I always start with the back, background of you and where you started. Okay. Um, well, family. Yeah, well, family. You, well okay. let's, even before that, let's go back. Okay. You know, just your family, yeah. who you are as a person. Okay. I usually like to do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, local girl, born and raised in Hawaii. Um, then went away to college at USC where I did all of my schooling, all the way through my doctor of pharmacy degree. Worked there a few years, then moved back to Hawaii. And counting pills at Long's basically destroyed me. <laughs> it's like the worst <laughs> job. It's really stressful. People don't realize how stressful it is. And so um, I've gone through in healthcare several different areas, not just staying in pharmacy. And I think what's good about that is it's given me a very well-rounded, unique view of healthcare. Um, Just quickly, I'm a mother of two and I have two dogs and I love to surf. Uh, and that, I mean, that's it in a nutshell. I'm a pretty simple person. Yeah. Yeah. How old are your kids? Old. Old. (laughs) 21 and 15. I know. You sound so young. (laughs) Thank you. cute (laughs) voice. But she does have, um, older children (laughs) and one is away, right? And she's... One is away. She's graduating from college this December. And your Uh, 15 year old's here. Where's, where's he He's a sophomore at Mary Knoll. Awesome. Yeah. Well, if the kids don't keep you occupied, I'm sure this uh, new venture has done that. Totally. So how did you get into the keto world, if you can uh, tell us your story? Yeah. Uh, A few years back, my dad had a massive heart attack and almost died. And when I was sharing that with one of my girlfriends who worked at Shriners Hospital, she told me to look into keto, and I had never heard of it. I I didn't even know how to spell it. And she knows how I am. So that's all she said was research keto. I'm not telling you anymore. I was like, okay. So I was intrigued, right? So I did. And I just went down this rabbit hole, like, I don't know, 200 hours of learning about keto through 
books, YouTube videos, podcasts, you name it. And started my dad on it, told him I'm going to do it with him um, so that we can do it together. He didn't really stick with it. (laughs) (laughs) Typical. But what I... What happened for me was I had been suffering from something called psoriatic arthritis for 13 years. And it was very severe. Like when my son was an infant, some days I couldn't even carry him because the pain in my hands was so bad. And it was like all the joints in my body were affected. And I would have to inject myself with a medication once a week in my abdomen to control it. Well, lo and Did that behold, control the actual, or was it more pain that it controlled? It controlled the pain and it controlled the swelling, but it was always still there. You know, it was never gone. And was this an onset thing that, how did, how do you, how does someone get that? I, I believe for me, it was a very stressful event that triggered it because I literally woke up one day and had it. Oh, okay. I didn't have it the day before. And of course, went through a battery of tests. It took my doctor about a year to figure out what it was. And then, you know, I was told that, well, we can go on this medication. And I'm a pharmacist, right? And it's only going to work for so long. And then we're going to have to switch you to this medication. The conversation was always about medications with the underlying theme that I was never really going to get better. Mm -hmm. This was just going to be the rest of my life. And what you had to deal with. And that's kind of depressing. And so... I do keto. Next thing I know, six months later, I'm like spacing out my injections farther apart. Finally, I'm at, now I'm at four weeks between injections or it used to be weekly. You know what? I'm going to just go off of it and see what happens. And I've been off of it ever since. That was like two years ago. Wow. So, and I know it's because of what I was eating. And I know that keto changed that for me. Yeah. So... Mm -hmm. What we can do now is dive into keto, I guess, the diet itself. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you can explain that, that Mm -hmm. will be great in layman's terms. Yeah, no, I'm (laughs) good at that. A lot of people, this Mm -hmm. is very new to them, or maybe they might know some stuff. Um, Some people may have watched The Magic Pill, which is where I kind of was enlightened by the keto diet just to learn about it. Um, which I do recommend people to check out. Please watch yeah. that. It's um, on Netflix, by the way, and yes. it's um, something very neat. And I noticed that they did a little excerpt with Scheidler. I mean, I mean... Shriners. Shriners, Shriners. They did it with Shriners, and that was something I had no idea about, but it was really neat that it came back all the way to Hawaii. It did. Yeah. Well, and so. it features Mickey Wong, the keto dietitian here, and Ryan Lee, He's a keto pediatric neurologist. And they work with the autistic... Autistic kids. I mean, everything. ADHD, you name it. And they use keto as one of their main therapies. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay, cool. So dive right in. Okay. Let's hear it. (laughs) Okay, so keto is low carb, not no carb, moderate protein, not high protein, and high healthy fat, not bad fat. So low-carb, moderate protein, high healthy fats. So that right there should dispel half of the misunderstanding out there. Because it's not like you sit around and you eat prime rib fat all day. Well, my patients don't anyway. Um, Most of us eat one to two meals a day because that's all we need. 
and uh, most people end up doing some form of intermittent fasting and the way I teach it is just really do it with food you can find in a grocery store because that's what's going to keep it sustainable for you for the rest of your life. The problem with all of the other quote-unquote diets and it's unfortunate this is called the ketogenic diet because it's not really a diet. Diet implies something temporary. Mm -hmm. This is not a temporary thing, right? It's a new way of living. (laughs) It's the the only truly sustainable thing that has come along in recent years. And what people don't realize is it's been around since the 1920s. And um, we, we can talk about that more later, but do it with food you can find in a grocery store, not a whole bunch of supplements. I don't believe in bars and shakes and things like that because... It's added expense and chemicals and preservatives, and we don't want that. Yeah. And, I mean, if you really want to take this back, I guess, like the magic film show yeah. or the movie, yeah, it goes back to it does. probably more of an indigenous, indigenous um, yep. way of eating and living and yep. the hunter and gatherer concept. So, it you know, whether they have known what they were doing, it's right. the same, similar kind of concept. So It is. Yeah. yeah. So can you explain, I guess, how your body reacts to when you're eating carbs as a big part of your diet versus meat proteins and things like that so we can understand how your energy is and what it needs? Sure. Okay. Um, yeah, and this, this is definitely a conversation I have in clinic with my patients every day is right now, those of you who aren't doing keto are basically sugar burners. And sugar is your primary source of fuel. So whether that sugar comes from candy, fruit, processed foods, or carbs, and carbs is rice, bread, potatoes, pasta, primarily, because those things turn into sugar in your body. Rice. (laughs) White rice. White and brown, not just white. Yeah. Um... Most of us have been running on sugar since we were, since we stopped breastfeeding. When sugar is your primary fuel source, you actually are slowly dying because it's not what our bodies prefer. We are born in a state of what's called ketosis, where we are using ketones for fuel, not sugar, and we thrive on ketones. Ketones are anti-inflammatory. Ketones are a cleaner fuel source. If you think of like a hybrid car, sugar's the gas, ketones like the electric charge. It's just, it's better all the way around. And ketones come from both your body fat as well as the dietary fat that you eat. And that's why keto people are typically very lean is because they're burning their own body fat for fuel. So they don't carry around a lot of extra fat. Or adipose tissue. Okay. It's so, actually pretty simple. Yeah, Sugar could, or fat. Yeah, so <laughs> when you're looking at carbs, can you explain even to like fruits? I think a lot of people have a misperception on fruits. Yeah. Okay, so I don't want to badmouth fruit, but because they do have nutritional value, but in moderation. And so fructose is fruit sugar. It's still sugar. Your body does not look at fruit sugar and say, oh, this is the good sugar. I'm going to use this differently. It's still sugar, very simplistically. 
What we've also been seeing is that fructose or fruit sugar can be very bad for your liver and create a lot of fatty deposits in your liver, otherwise known as non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. The problem with that is the liver is your main organ for filtering out toxins. So if you've got a bunch of fat in there and it's messing up that process, you can't filter out toxins as efficiently. And then that contributes to poor health over time. So when you say, I guess, for people that are listening, Mm -hmm. and you say a low-carb diet Mm -hmm. and a high... Is it a high meat protein or what kind of protein can can mm-hmm. ca- qualify for yeah. protein? So it's moderate protein, not, not a lot of protein. Because when you eat too much protein, your body actually turns that into sugar. So that's the difference between keto and Atkins. Okay. Yeah. So just to clarify, um, sources of protein is red meat, chicken, fish, um, tofu, pork, uh, moderate amounts of beans. Seafood is a great protein because most seafood actually has zero carbohydrates in it. Hmm. Uh, I think those are the main ones. Lamb. Now, if what if you're vegetarian or vegan? Mm-hmm. Is there a way to do a keto diet? Yes. Okay, and what what kind of protein or where are you getting your mo- most of your source of protein from? It's going to come from beans and tofu primarily so i mean in in beans in all of its many forms Mm -hmm. right so like tahini for example are you familiar with tahini tahini is ground up chickpeas yeah is it chickpeas no i'm saying that's hummus (laughs) (laughs) okay but tahini is like a ground up type of bean and so that's a good source of protein Or nut butters, right? Nuts Nuts. can also be a really good source of protein. You just have to know which ones have fewer carbs. Mm -hmm. Because people don't know this, but almonds have a fair amount of carbs. So even nut carbs turn into sugar. Yeah, so there's a lot of nuts and beans that are actually like a hybrid of a protein and a carb, right? Yeah. People also don't know that either. No. <laughs> Actually, they, they don't know what category that goes in, but it's kind of like a hybrid. It's a different... Right. Yeah. But that is where I would say a lot of vegans would get yeah. a lot of their protein from is are those those specific items. So um, also, I guess, so I'm trying to dispel a lot of the things that people are, that think about keto. So is there any other things that when you're looking at the diet itself, that people are either unfamiliar with, things that you can maybe mention. Yeah. So in about a third of my social media posts, I will on purpose insert the phrase, keto is not the meat and cheese diet. Because if you're the average person and you go on the internet or social media and you're looking at all these keto posts from these thousands of keto pages, The problem we're having right now in the keto medical space is all of these people who lost a bunch of weight on keto and posted about it, which I think they should do because you should celebrate victories like that. Well, naturally what happens is people start asking them a lot of questions. And now they've become keto coaches in quotation marks, but they don't have the medical background or training 
to be answering all of these questions, nor should they be, because every day I just see a lot of bad information out there. And mind you, a lot of physicians are watching, because as much as you want to ignore keto, you can't. Do doctors have time to learn about it? Most don't, because being a doctor is incredibly crazy and stressful. But they're looking at this because their patients are bringing it up, and what's out there are all of is a lot of misinformation. Eat a lot of meat and cheese. I see tons of salami and cheese posts. Cheese is not the healthiest fat on the planet. You know, uh, the people that come to see me in clinic, I give them a list of it's about 25 different healthy fats to choose from. Let's talk about that. What are some of the healthy fats? versus unhealthy fats. Yeah, so again, unhealthy fat is a lot of animal fat. Why is it unhealthy? Because you don't know what conditions that animal was raised in. For example, if you're a McDonald's cow and you're crammed into a warehouse with 500 other cows, no sunlight, everyone's walking around in poop all day, you're hearing all your friends being slaughtered all day long, it's stressful. Their fat is filled with stress hormones, mainly cortisol. Now you're eating that fat, you're eating their cortisol and you're eating their stress. That also spills over into milk, dairy products, everything that comes from the animal, right? Chickens, their eggs. That's why if when you can, and this aligns with you, try to get those truly free range chickens and their eggs try to get the free-range grass-fed beef because they don't have all of that stress hormone in their products. And what they eat has a big play. Huge. And that the too. exercise and running around and being out. <laughs> well, like if you're a cow, if you're ever reincarnated as a cow, you want to be like a Wagyu or A5 cow from Japan because you're getting beer and massages and you're outdoors all day, right? That's a fed, happy cow. Yeah, fed great. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think, so, you know, it's funny because I actually had this conversation with someone at Costco <laughs> because there was you know, this older gentleman and he doesn't have any clue about like, why would you buy these eggs, the white ones sitting right here for like so cheap yeah. in comparison to getting the two dozen brown eggs that are under eight bucks at yep. Costco that are organic, free range, you know, those kind of Correct. eggs. And so I just, I told him, well, the ones right here, there's 18, so it's less already. You're yeah. getting six, what, six less eggs, and, you know, it's half the price. Yeah. But with these eggs, you know, I, and he's like, does it taste any different? And I'm like, I think it tastes different, but some people might not. And if you scramble it and add stuff to right. it, you might not taste the difference. But if you're eating maybe the runny yellow egg like I could taste the difference but mm -hmm. maybe some people can't so I'm like it's not necessarily about the taste you know it's more of yeah. the health benefits so yeah. you know you're gonna pay more because that chicken is getting way more if in this if you it's just gonna cost more to raise that chicken and to have those eggs so yes he ended up actually grabbing good. You, <laughs> the you, brown egg good. I'm like really, really proud I don't know if he's ever gonna do it again he may never taste the difference because I think for him it was about taste yeah but um maybe he'll do some research and find out in the future <laughs> well let's let's talk you about know. that because that's about omega sixes versus omega threes yeah so that's a good thing that's what that conversation is about and what we're seeing in illnesses, 
is that a lot of us have this imbalance in our omega-6 to omega-3 ratios. That's another problem in healthcare is we're looking at the wrong laboratory tests. Mm -hmm. We should be looking at things like that. Um, What you want your omega-3 to omega-6 ratio to be is one-to-one. But nowadays it's something like 50 to 100 omega-6 to 1 omega-3. Okay, so in terms of animals and feed, cows that are fed grain and kept crammed in a warehouse all day under stressful conditions are very high in omega-6s. And happy cows, happy chickens, they are high in omega-3s. And so that is really what you need to think about when you're choosing your food. Because when you have an omega-6, omega-3 imbalance, that translates over into a lot of illnesses and diseases. So yeah, can all of us get grass-fed beef all the time? No, I can't either. But you do your best Mm -hmm. with what you you can. And I think earlier you asked me, what are some examples of healthy fats? Yes, let's talk about that. So avocados is a super healthy fat. So whether that's an actual avocado, guacamole, or avocado oil, that's a healthy fat. I don't know any doctor that would have a problem with that. So that's these are misconceptions that I'm trying to um, get rid of in society. Coconut oil is another one. That's a really, really healthy fat. And so what I encourage people to do is add that, blend it into their coffee every morning or drizzle it on top of their food, things like that. Um, I love coconut oil and it, it's really good for your brain as well. So those are some extra virgin olive oil. I'm actually going to post a video in a couple days on social. When I go to CPK, I want you to start doing this. You know, you order the bread and they bring the dish of olive oil. Mm -hmm. So I always tell them, I don't want the bread, but bring me the dish of olive oil. And I literally drink it. (sighs) I do. They use good olive oil. Oh, yeah? (laughs) Yeah, they do. I've actually talked to them about this. And um, there's nothing wrong with... Think Mediterranean diet. Well, if you're going to put out, because this, this won't go out for a little bit because we have some people ahead of you for the podcast. So I'll whatever link you have, I can also add to oh, okay. the podcast for the video <laughs> that you're going to post. Okay. So they can also um, watch that too. Yeah. Um, which will be great. And um, I think too, which was interesting, the way you talk about, like if we're just looking and thinking about oils right now, I never knew this. I never knew this until I was learning about this. But the type of oils, like you think vegetable oil or canola oil, like it's better for you than, I don't know, animal fats. Like that's just like, you know, lard and stuff like that. But the reason why we've always had this idea of that that was better for us. But I guess, could you explain the process of what it takes, I guess, you know, to make that kind of oil, the synthetic side, how it's, you know, versus pressing right? The pressing the oil out. Well, I, I, and I think it's important to talk about how vegetable and canola oil came to be. Yeah. Because that's a big part of the problem in our food industry today that influences our dietary guidelines. That's important for people to know is that um, back in the day, like the 40s, I guess, our, our great-grandparents, grandparents cooked with lard and butter. Mm-hmm. And everyone was fine, okay? Well, Procter & Gamble 
came along and figured out how to make vegetable oil very, very cheaply from a, a plant. Don't ask me which plant. And um, I can't think of it right now. And a vegetable. A ve- some, <laughs> some plant. Sorry, forgive me. And um, so what they did was they, they paid a researcher to do a quote-unquote study and to make... Basically, what he did was his study, which was very flawed, made it look like butter and lard causes heart attacks and strokes. But vegetable and canola oil are totally safe and healthy. But it was all a lie. Well, and when you call it vegetable oil, you just think it's supposed to be healthier, right? (laughs) Well, and it doesn't help that on the label it says heart healthy. Yeah. Like, go to the store and notice that. All the products that actually say heart healthy are actually not. They're not. So it's the other thing, I guess, the more that I decide to move in the direction that I when I think about food and eating is just whole food, real food. Not boxed um, food. Not synthetic food. Not processed um, food. Processed, right? Yeah. My It was interesting, and my dad actually ate like this a long time ago but his parents they they all came from arkansas like Mm -hmm. their whole family and then they had like deer camp and farm and like that's how they lived you know on the rural side of things his parents actually left arkansas and then went to texas to go work in the oil refineries and in the cities and then at that time my parents are baby boomers so at that time everybody was you know they went to this dry place with no farm and everything they ate from then on was all processed everything things in cans things you know so they didn't grow and eat a lot of nutritious stuff his parent I mean, his whole family was the lard and the, i mean i would go to deer camp with them sometime and it was like awesome fatty food that you think of but it's all whole food and it was yep. stuff they grew and it was using like lard to yes. cook with and all of this and that whole side of the family, you know, were in like the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. His parents died under 55. Oh, and gosh. they all moved and from cancer and different, you know, a lot of everybody that moved away all died really young. Yeah. And it was a very different, like you just saw the difference with the people that left. Yeah. And so my dad like started to eat more. He got in this whole kick I think before us and he he ate a lot of more stuff that we were like why can't we eat these better cereals <laughs> you know like fruity pebbles and all this stuff and we would only get like Cheerios <laughs> you know but that was yeah. you know my dad growing up he still eats pretty well balanced I just think he eats too much it doesn't work out <laughs> okay you know but in general yeah. overall you mm-hmm. know a lot of the foods he ate were you know he's changed he changed to that kind of you know, way because he knew he saw his parents and he didn't, he thought that had a lot to do with it. So I kind of got part of myself from there. Mm -hmm. And then of course, this whole low fat diet thing came about. And my dad would always like talk about how that was so bad. And like, you need to eat, you know, this and that, and you should eat like whole foods. So interesting. He was right. And actually, usually then, you know, it's like not, but like that scenario, but it's like, you're, we're all going back to that and I and yes. I see that so anything the things that are synthetic in my mind I'm like I try to stay away Good. from 
And I guess if that's kind of an overall yeah, idea. It is. That's a, that's a great umbrella to stand under is um, when you look at a, at this is what I want everyone to do, honestly, is look at the food you're buying, okay? And realize everything in the store at eye level is probably what's not good for you. And it's put there for a reason, right? Big food is money. This is all a business. It's all marketing and advertising. So turn a, turn a package around. Look at the ingredients. How many ingredients does it have? Can you understand? Can you pronounce everything, <laughs> right? Right. Those are all clues to help you think about, oh, I don't know, this might not be good for me. And most packaged box foods are, are not. So just stick to the basics. Keep eating simple. It's people that mm, get really caught up in fancy and recipes. And I don't do meal plans. So I, I do not believe in meal plans because it doesn't teach you how to figure it out for yourself. When, when you say meal plans, what do you mean? So a lot of people will reach out to me and say, do you provide a meal plan? And I say, no. And they go, how can you not? I say, because my job is to teach you how to walk into any grocery store or your kitchen at home or a restaurant and know exactly what to eat. When you're locked into a meal plan, you get stuck on recipes and, oh, I got to buy all these things. And you don't really learn how to think for yourself a lot of the times. And keep it simple. Simple is sustainable. Complicated recipes and things like that are not sustainable. And that, that's where so many other quote-unquote diet plans and weight loss programs in the past have really gone wrong, in my opinion. And they charge too much money. Well, I think when you think of it, and if it is a point of like, how can we generate more income for this quote unquote diet, it's going to be, okay, you have to buy the stuff through them or you, they don't necessarily teach you anything they don't. to go off on your own, right? You become so, very dependent. And you, so then you have to, oh, I'm going to, I mean, go and follow their plan, buy their food yep. and order their stuff. And then when you go out to a restaurant, what do you do? You're like, I don't know what to do. Yeah, and then you, you know, then you end up having your cheat days and you just go get eat whatever you want because you can't yeah. figure it out on your own. And, yeah. and everybody's going to have to go to restaurants and everybody's going to have to decide, you know, what's good and you what know, if you're at a good. party? Yeah, or a party or a potluck. A potluck, which we're always out in Hawaii, right? Yeah. So um, that's why I'm, not, I'm totally not an enabler. This is not my get rich quick scheme. I am like tough Asian mom. Like <laughs> I'm going to teach you what to do and then I'm going to let you go, you know? And and most people that come come to see us, it just takes one visit, honestly. And they don't have to come in to see us ever again, you know? Because we've given them the tools and we've taught them how to do it themselves. Yeah. Well, that's one thing I really like about your program. Another thing that I like too is that you're teaching them to go out on their own. Yes. And then the third thing is you're very conscious on price. Yes. So in Hawaii, it costs so much to eat healthy. It costs so much for every other thing in your life living here. So the other part of being sustainable and sustaining a diet like this is, is based off of that too. 
Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that can't afford to go walk into Whole Foods. No. I can't afford to walk into Whole Foods every day and just eat there. Um, but, you know, what you can do in a regular grocery store yeah. off of what is there and, you know, what are better alternatives. So those are the things that I definitely appreciate to where if you, you are on a budget and you do need, like, it, there's still hope, people. You can still do this, you yes. know, and, and it, you know, may not be the 100% best every or thing is organic and everything but it's going to be much better than what you're doing totally (laughs) totally yeah you know so that's to me the key um could you kind of I think where it's a good time to start getting into what what your um actual plan is you know what you guys what you offer Mm -hmm. you know for everybody our program yeah your program yeah so um we basically have several options and um, you, if you're not on Oahu and you cannot come to see me physically in the clinic, I have a whole online program which is basically all my brain in PDFs and a few videos. So it's $147 for that $147. You buy it online through my website, you get all the content. And then you reach out to me to let me know when you want to schedule a 30-minute phone call. And what I do in that call is, whatever questions you have about the material, we go over that. But I ask you, what is your medical history? What medications are on? Did you have your gallbladder taken out? All of these things are very important. So I can tailor your keto plan to you um, in a very safe manner that your physician is going to be comfortable with. So that's if you're not on Oahu. Now, if, if you are here, you can come into clinic and you have two options. For $150, you can sit down with me and I go through the whole thing A to Z. It's a one hour appointment. Again, I tailor it to you. Or HMSA will also cover our program, but you have to be referred to me through the doctors that I work with in the office. So Dr. Yang is a GI physician I mean, yesterday. What's a GI physician for people who don't know? Um, so gastroenterology is basically from your mouth to your butthole. That whole tract. <laughs> your GI tract. He tells me, that's how you describe it to people. Okay. <laughs> but it's, you but know, how would they or why would they come to him? What oh, would it be for? Like, yeah. What, just curiosity. Acid reflux, GERD, esophageal disorders, stomach issues, and most people are intestinal issues. And there's a whole range of that from Crohn's disease to irritable bowel syndrome to um, they've had a colonoscopy and they found polyps, Mm. constipation, diarrhea, all of these things. And what I love about Dr. Yang is he, he was one of my keto patients, did very well on it actually. So he's like the poster child in the office. When he happens to be a doctor in this. <laughs> yeah. And so all of his patients are like, Dr. Yang, you lost so much weight. What did you do? He's like, hey, I got this keto coach. And this is exactly how he talks. And her name's Dr. Jody. In fact, I think you need to see her because what we're finding is that sugar is driving all of those things. You would be shocked at how many people have GERD, that acid reflux disease, just by working with us and we tweak their how they eat off all their meds no GERD ever again and they suffer from that because it's very uncomfortable they feel like they can't eat a lot of foods it really affects your quality of life 
mm-hmm. you know, and so um, in the gastrointestinal arena, we're just really excited at how we've been able to use this instead of putting people on medications. So HMSA will cover that. The only thing is, unfortunately, I have to break it up into like two or three visits. It can't be like the one, here's everything, okay, go. Well, so then you probably have like a set three-step process. So I have a three-step process, yeah. But, you know, some people just want to go. They're ready. Mm -hmm. And by the time people come to see me, they've tried three to five different other diets. They're ready to go. Mm -hmm. That's good to hear. Yeah. Um, What about diabetes? Oh, we do a ton of that. So Hawaii's rate of diabetes is incredibly high. There's this baggie of sugar that I show people. And what I do is I show you and I teach you how to calculate this yourself. How much sugar two scoops rice and one scoop mac salad turns into in your body. And it's crazy. It's crazy. And I I hand it to you and I make you hold it. And when you feel how heavy it is, because you're seeing it and now you're feeling it, that is what just seals the deal for everyone. They're like, I get it. Okay, what do I need to do? You know, so um, back to diabetes. <sighs> Jeez, it all starts with food. It all starts with food. Yes, there is a slight genetic component to it in terms of your insulin sensitivity or your insulin resistance. But these things can totally be overcome. So, Especially if it's this diabetes the second type 2 diabetes right where you you don't require insulin unless you get really bad diabetes is environmental completely and we see so much of it here because of the rice the sweet bread the malasadas all the potlucks and um the noodles the noodles i mean who doesn't love noodles here ramen simon exactly and um the processed of everything's processed every single thing that we do eat nobody wants to eat the brown rice anyways (laughs) no and brown rice has almost as much sugar as white rice yeah but i mean i just mean that it ends up just you try it and then you go right back to right the regular rice or you buy the hopper rice right right the mixed one yeah and you you feel good about yourself right you're like well there's some brown in here but it's still sugar it still breaks down to sugar um, totally. it's a little bit better for your roughage and your <laughs> maybe, but it's still, maybe yeah. we're not sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. So no, we, um, gosh, I've, we've had people with an A1C in their 10, 11%, which is crazy high. Right? Could you explain that? Yeah. A1C is the three month average of your blood sugars. So anything above 5.7 is considered pre-diabetes or diabetes. So we have people who come in at like 10%, 11%. And honestly, in a matter of two to three months, they literally don't have diabetes anymore. They're off all their medications. Their physician is whooping and hollering and patting them on the back and saying, I don't know who this Dr. Jody is, but keep seeing her. You know, like, so what's good is the word is getting out. Um, and because I'm not... I don't categorize myself as social media keto, but medical keto. Um, my goal is to just give it a positive reputation in in healthcare, and even HMSA is 
watching and following and recognizing and that's ginormous actually yeah yeah and um yeah so we're talking about healthcare providers i think it's a new thing for them because they've you know they're having to change a lot of things because of the cost and yes everything that's happened you know it's trickled down through the ways they have to do everything so one thing that i noticed heavily is that they're it's the health prevention and preventative measures that they are upfronting costs for yeah you know and so um whether like now almost every program there's some kind of gym program right where you can a gym go benefit work out or if you do yeah. work out you get your money back yeah. or they have discounted rates to be at a gym which is great you know so the healthy lifestyle yes if you're proving that you're doing this then you get you know some perks because you get incentivized yeah so you're you know i see that as a positive even if you're on medicaid medicare yep they have programs mm-hmm. for i know my parents now they had to get on medicare and, and they have a gym membership not to say that my dad uses it <laughs> right but he has it <laughs> good <laughs> you know but uh you know i hope that's that's the other drawback too if you don't if you don't pay for it you don't necessarily always use it yeah. um but i do now i use it because i have i have that plan with kaiser so if i if i go to 45 it actual times visits to the gym then I'll get back my two hundred dollars and that's then in a in pay. a calendar year? Yeah in a calendar okay, year. That's good. it. You yeah. Know? But I started in the middle of the year with with Kaiser and so I was like and I've been I've been paying like, you know, forty, fifty dollars a month for a gym membership. So for me it's it's a benefit. But can we talk about gyms? Yes, quickly. I know yours is different. <laughs> quickly. Your your theory on it. And I think yeah. For the people that you're with, yeah, I yeah. think it may make a lot of sense. Well, so. I just wanna, I just wanna say something. Is that working out does not undo what you eat. Exactly, that is. That's true. what I wanna say. And so, just because you're gonna work out for an hour doesn't mean you can eat all of that dessert or junk food. Right. Because once it gets in your body, it does its bad stuff, and no amount of exercise is gonna undo that. If that was true. You wouldn't have uh, marathon runners and triathletes with diabetes and cancer. But you actually have quite a bit of those. Why? Because they carb load. <laughs> and that's going to eventually go away too. So keto's not going to go away. Yeah. Well, what is it? What's the golden rule, I guess, with it? It's 80% what you eat, 20%. Yep. Out yeah, and it's it's the type of workout, right? So so definitely activity is important. But what kind of activity are you getting? And you can do a low-carb, high-healthy-fat diet with the right type of exercise, and it works synergistically for all you diabetics out there. And so you have a program. I do. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Is that part of your program, or is it an additional thing, or do you just share it? Honestly, here's what I do. I'm big on value. And so once you become a patient of mine, you get access to my secret Facebook group for clients. And in there, I post exclusive tips and information to keep my people successful. And so this one particular workout, it's 15 minutes twice a week, is in there. That's the only place you're going to find it on any of my social media pages because you came to see me and you're putting in the work, you know. So... 
Um, yeah, that's where it is. Well, <laughs> the secret vault. I'm really eager to get my mom <laughs> on this program. I mean, for her, it's a mental thing. So once she, you know, gets into it, then, you know, and she's really for it, and it, it and there's results that she's starting to see. I think it's good. Yeah. I know that um, she went down the gym route, but when she falls off that horse or she stops right. going, you know, paying as much as it costs to have, like she does need a coach and she does need somebody for for her to go to the gym. But um, all she really needs to do is just walk. At the end of the day, probably is the most if she can just go outside and walk. Right. <laughs> it's all she really needs. But um, right. other than that, it's the diet. It's, it is. It's, you're, diet. It, you're, it's what you said. It's 80-20. You have to be knowledgeable of what you're putting in your mouth every day, every meal. And and it's hard because we've been given the wrong information all so, these years. So what do you tell people? Is it just mind over matter? Because, I mean, everybody has their sweet cravings. And how do you, how do you get people to break that? I know yep. for me, there was a point where I just was like, okay, I'm going to cut the rice. And, like, if you were to track... Like, I had to do this when I was pregnant 10 years ago. We were tracking, I was tracking everything I was eating with the app to find out I was eating, if I was getting enough protein, okay. right? And so I realized, you know, and I was at the time, okay, I'm going to eat less carbs and eat more protein stuff. I was like, oh, I didn't mean, I'm not trying to eat carbs, but so much carbs, right, are stacking up and you don't realize yes. oh, that has carbs and this has carbs yes. and that has carbs and you even though you're trying not to eat carbs you just ate like over your limit of carbs that day <laughs> you did and you right. did it you had no, no idea, idea. Yeah. yeah yes so yeah even if you were to cut out all the starches you mentioned mm-hmm. in the earlier you still end up eating more so I, that's what i tell people it's like it's not like you're ever gonna not eat carbs because if you at least just cut those, so I try to just cut those, the ones you know of, yeah. and you still end up eating. Well, because veggies have carbs. Yeah. But veggie carbs are good carbs, in my opinion, right? Yeah. If you're going to have carbs, it's, yeah, the veggie carbs. And that's, we didn't talk about veggies, but that should be how much of your diet, would you say? That should be half your plate in any given meal is how I teach it. So there's a bad keto diet there's kind of keto dirty keto there's all these names that it make my skin crawl um and then there's well formulated ketogenic diet and that's what we teach so half your plate should be veggies veggies that grow above the ground is a rule of thumb yeah and since we are a sustainable hub here there is some added benefits too with this keto diet. One is is the veggies, yep. is the local f- produce totally. that you could find, you know, at farmers markets, which can actually be cheaper than a lot of places. Um, also, if you are doing like a high, like you know, produce type of products, then you can get a lot of your things pl- without the plastics and the packages and yep. all of those things, which now for the sustainable world those things are the things that are bothering people yes yeah. you know you can i mean i bought them online but you can buy bags now reusable yeah. like uh mesh bags and mm-hmm. things like that where you can store all your foods and um a lot of people now that are very into the sustainable world they avoid all the packaged products and try to get as much of the green leafy live produce into their diet 
And some of it, of course, is for health purposes, but others is for the environment. Yeah. So I don't like see twofold. why, yeah, with our weather and our, our soil and everything, we, we should try to get as much local as we can. Yeah, well, that is definitely a goal yeah. of the state of Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Uh, 20, by 2030, their okay. goal is to, um, to increase local food production by twi- twice as much, I believe. Good. So we well, have that on, on the docket as awesome. one of the sustainable initiatives. And, and that's a big part of my platform is support local. And so I feature a lot, not a lot, more and more local companies, uh, grass-fed beef, things like that on my pages because people don't know where to go. They don't know where to go. Right. Well, one option, I'm going to just definitely give a um, a pitch out there is uh, if you're looking at a lot of the ocean-friendly restaurants Mm -hmm. it's an actual logoed item Surfrider Foundation I help Mm. certify restaurants too with them but um, it's a logo that you'll see on the front door you can also go to oceanfriendlyrestaurants.com or .org I can't remember that specifically will have a list in all the different islands oh good um, and even regions on Oahu that are ocean-friendly restaurants okay and at the whole purpose of what they do is all, um, you know, to eliminate plastics and styrofoam. Yeah. But what you find is the restaurants that are committed to that type, you know, and they're going to yeah. pay, you know, to support the environment also happen to oftentimes support the local community. Yeah. And then they're getting local and organic foods and healthier yeah. options. So you'll see... Um, a much cleaner menu, I would say, with a lot of these yep. um, these these restaurants that pop up there. No, I love so, it. So you can check it out too. Yeah, no, I, I'm all lot. about that. So yeah. cool. Okay, good. Yeah. So um, let's see. Is there anything else that we've missed? Because I know when they meet with you, they're going to get the whole package. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of things that I wanted to accomplish in this, this uh, podcast was to talk about the things that are maybe misleading and that people don't really understand. Um, is there anything else? Just keto is not a blanket approach. Um, so don't, you can try to piece it together off of the internet and social media and all that. But I, I promise you, you're going to miss some important things that could be the difference for you. So be very cautious of who you're getting your information from, you know, honestly. So with that said, yeah. how can they find you? How can they follow you? Okay. So Facebook, I'm under Jodi Nishida, J-O-D-I, N-I-S-H-I-D-A. Um, and on Instagram, it's at The Keto Prescription. Both pages have links to my website. It's a very simple website right now, and you can sign up and get free information on what keto is and why you should do it. And I can't stand getting a lot of emails. So I literally, I drip you five emails and then we're done. <laughs> like I don't keep sending you stuff. And it's all free info that I've that I've come up with for you. So you can make an educated decision if this is something you, you want to move forward with. Um, that's www.theketoprescription.com. And then our clinic is located in the TLC Medical Center on Liliha Street. Uh, 1650 Liliha Street and to schedule an appointment it's 530-420-5844.
Okay, well, I'll have all this information also on the verbiage for the podcast. Great. And I think that wraps things up today. Good. Thank you so much, Dr. Yeah. Jody, for joining us. Thank you for um, the opportunity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm happy to you. dispel any confusion out there. I am going to, hopefully, bef- after this is posted, <laughs> we can actually follow up with my mom because I really do want her to Well, to, to come in to mother come daughter in. because for couples, okay, so for Maybe one person, her, it's her 150. Husband. I think yeah. her and my dad can go. Yeah, no. For one person, it's 150, but for couples, it's 160. Oh, the other thing I want to mention before we jump offline, and I know we had talked about this, was when you do watch that Magic Pill show, yeah. um, they have, because you probably then go, I got to go watch this Netflix, and then you watch it. They do have these scenarios of people, like actual people they went through, and they were very strict with what they did. And they, you know, I, I want you guys to understand that this isn't the method that no. you're going to get from Dr. Jody, um, because I did ask you that originally, like, you know, so do you just clear out their entire fridge and their pantries? And, you know, you know, how could you explain just really briefly so they don't get all freaked out when they watch? <laughs> no, totally. Okay, so like I shop at times in Foodland, right? So I, I give you like food lists and we sit there together and you, you X out the things you don't eat. You circle the things you do and then we figure it out. I tell you exactly where to buy all of these things. In terms of your cupboard and your refrigerator at home, I point out maybe the five or six things that you need to swap out over time. But what I do not want you guys to do ever, unless you want to, is from my clinic, drive to Whole Foods and spend $400. That's that's not how you do it. Right. Yeah. So that's the one thing when you do watch the show, you're going to be like, wow, this is a massive change instantly. I don't know if I could do it. And if the rest of your family isn't going to do this, like, how does this work? So, um, that's, that's another huge thing that I just wanted to put out. We figure, (laughs) we figure all of that. Let me tell you, I had a patient yesterday and he sat down and he goes, I want to, before you even start talking, I want to tell you something. I'm like, okay. He goes, we don't cook. These are the seven restaurants where we eat out at, and you need to figure out what I'm going to order at these restaurants. And I was like this, I love it. Let's do it. Everyone's different. Everyone's different. And that's why I have to tailor it to each individual person. And again, don't want you guys spending a lot of money. I really don't. Because that's not what's sustainable. sustainable. It's just not. All right. Well, I'm sure we could just keep talking, but I'm going to put a close to this so thank you all for listening don't forget to subscribe to our podcast at www.smartlivinghi.com also follow us on instagram at at smart underscore living underscore hawaii and like us on facebook mahalo and until next time live smart